Hello and welcome to another episode of the Startup Operator Roundup. I'm Roshan Karyapa and I'm Gunjan Saha and together we'll break down the biggest headlines from India's startup ecosystem. Before we begin, yesterday there was a terrible train tragedy in Odisha of the sort that we haven't perhaps witnessed in 20 or 30 years. Over 250 people have been declared dead at this point of time. The death toll may rise and several hundred are injured uh, as well. Uh, these three trains collided and uh, it's really catastrophic. Our thoughts and prayers with the families and friends who've been affected. Hope that they can find the strength to move on from this loss. So a couple of uh, interesting topics we have to cover in this episode of the roundup. First, of course, Swiggy has achieved unit level uh, profitability. So we'll try to decode uh, how they achieved that. Foxconn also recently announced that they will be manufacturing iPhones in Bangalore as soon as April 2024. Along with that, we'll also discuss the Tata Group's recent 13,000 crore deal with the Gujarat government to set up a battery manufacturing plant. And furthermore, we'll also break down BlackRock's recent decision to cut Baiju's valuation by 62%. Mm, significant. So, yeah. So uh, a lot of interesting news to discuss. Stay tuned. Roshan, last week, uh, Rahul Yadav was back in the news again. There's a name that I thought I had not heard for a, a while. But uh, yeah, I mean, those of us uh, from 2013, 2014, perhaps remember the whole housing.com saga. Rahul Yadav was one of the founders and he had this major showdown with uh, Shailendra Singh of Sequoia. And uh, those days seem, you know, like a distant memory, really. Rahul uh, since started up uh, another company called Intelligent Interfaces that did everything from AR, VR to, you know, uh, optimizing uh, government efficiency of all things, right? Uh, So on and so forth. Uh, At least claimed to do all of that. And he shut that down in perhaps less than a year or something. And this whole uh, Fobi network was his uh, third, you know, startup, right? And uh, it was problematic to begin with. I mean, their business model, many said, was not sustainable. I mean, they were offering huge incentives to these brokers. And it was uh, fraught with all of these risks. Uh, but InfoEdge is a, you know, very experienced investor, right? I mean, of course, you know, Nokri is a legendary company. They've invested in Zomato, Policy Bazaar, and so on, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, there have been uh, some allegations right now that uh, of the 280 crore that was uh, raised from InfoEdge, a lot of that money was being siphoned off for personal use. The employees not being paid, vendors not being paid, all kinds of uh, made up uh, invoices and so on and so forth. Allegations, terrible, terrible allegations are being made about this. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, (laughs) I really hope that we can uh, all collectively move on from this uh, nonsense. There is a fairly comprehensive piece on Inc. 42. Uh, They've covered the entire saga. You guys can check it out. But I really hope that we can focus on building uh, on innovation rather than stuff like this, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, talking on building on innovation, uh, Swiggy's food delivery business has become profitable as of March uh, 2023. And this is impressive because they did it in less than nine years. And I think with this development, Swiggy becomes one of those handful food delivery platforms around the world that have achieved, uh, you know, unit profitability. And not only the food business, even the Instamart, right, which is a quick commerce business, they're also doing pretty well. And uh, as per media reports, they are in line to achieve profitability in the next three years. Couple of roundups back, we did discuss Zomato has achieved uh, EBITDA level profitability, and right now Swiggy has Swiggy seems to have covered the gap. So, do you think that means an IPO is like on the cards for them? I don't know about an IPO, but uh, look what the market has forced uh, people to do, right? I mean, it's forced people to focus on profitability, on running a sustainable business. Now, I haven't really investigated the numbers, so so I don't know what kind of profitability they're talking about. 
uh, right? Whether it's EBITDA or some other kind of uh, fancy accounting jargon that I'm not aware of. But uh, it's a very, very difficult uh, business, you know. I mean, we've told you often times that the margins are extremely thin. And, and so, I mean, Swiggy has to increase uh, the order value, has to launch some premium services. Uh, and has to take a significant cut from this uh, order value because that is key, right? Because Indian consumers hate paying for delivery. They will pay a premium for a service and uh, Swiggy has to figure that, right? Now with the rumors of Dunzo not doing well and potentially, you know, scaling down, uh, Swiggy is kind of acutely positioned to capture that market, right? With Instamart and whatnot. Uh, so these are interesting times for sure, right? Um, and, uh, you know, if you look at companies globally also, whether it is DoorDash and Uber Eats and the likes, uh, they've not all had a very easy time in this business because fundamentally it's a very difficult business, right? It's essentially a logistics business, but but yeah, because of the challenges mentioned, it's really, really tough. So yeah, kudos to the Swiggy team. They've had a couple of exits as well. I mean, the, the uh, Swiggy genie, head of genie, I think, uh, quit as well. And then their CTO has quit. Uh, right. So perhaps, I mean, there'll be a new management in place right now and uh, they're preparing for the next leg of the journey, which could potentially in include an IPO at some point. Who knows? Yeah. All right. So um, Foxconn, which is one of Apple's key uh, device manufacturer, uh, last week they announced that they will start manufacturing iPhones in from Bangalore by the as soon as April 2024. And uh, they've already made a payment to acquire the land. And I think proceedings have already started. Mm -hmm. And uh, this factory will be set up near Devanahalli. And the state government will hand over the required land for this by 1st of July. And according to some estimates, uh, this 13,600 crore rupees project is expected to create around 50,000 jobs in the region. Amazing. This is truly fantastic news. Uh, you know, India makes, I think, 15% of the iPhones uh, today. Right. And there are all kinds of statements being made that, you know, we assemble these phones and we don't do any core engineering or R&D and so on. But look, guys, I mean, building an ecosystem, I mean, you'll have to start from yeah. the scraps, right? I mean, you'll have to start with whatever possible and then scale it from there. So once this uh, plant comes up and, you know, once we start developing an ecosystem, uh, this will also signal to other, you know, uh, multinationals that, you know, that uh, India is a viable candidate for this. Uh, anyway, most of these folks are com considering a China plus one sort of a policy, right? Uh, and they're exploring actively Southeast Asia, Indonesia, Vietnam, and so on, right? So, yeah, I mean, we need to have these success stories, whether it is Foxconn or some of the others, to inspire confidence in uh, global investors. But let's zoom out a bit, right? And we have seen how over the past few years the way the government has invested in not only attracting these companies, but also providing the necessary infrastructure. Mm -hmm. For example, think about the Bangalore-Chennai highway, which easily connects it to ports for export, or the road projects, right, which uh, Nitin Gadkari has been spearheading. And we have seen how committed the government w was towards its development. Yeah. And uh, for in the state government as well, um, the Minister for Large and Medium Industries, Mr. M.B. Patil, he said that he has he's working closely with the Apple team to understand what is the sort of skills requirement that the factory would need so that his team can set up, you know, the required uh, training facilities. Yeah. I think this proactiveness really boosts the confidence for these manufacturers and that's what makes yeah. it lucrative for them to come here. Oh, for sure. I mean, there have been many, many policy tail tailwinds, right? I mean, whether it is PLI, whether it is Make in India uh, or the other initiatives as such, right? And uh, 
uh, you bring up, bring up an important point, right? I mean, I think there should be some sort of competitive federalism in this sun, in, the, in that sense, uh, right? Telangana has been very active in wooing investors, for instance, right? Similarly, Maharashtra, Maharashtra similarly, Gujarat, uh, and Tamil Nadu has been fairly successful also, right? I mean, these states uh, should uh, really vie for uh, investors and uh, really hope that, you know, we have that active competitive spirit to attract these folks, right? Uh, to invest in an ecosystem here, to provide jobs, to bring in money. Because India will require all of this, right? All of this on the path to the 5 trillion uh, uh, economy, right? So, yeah, this is great stuff. Yeah. Also on similar lines, the Tata Group has signed a deal to build a lithium-ion factory in Sanand, Gujarat. And they're investing close to $1.58 billion or 13,000 crore rupees. Oh. Right. And this factory is not only like to serve the export market, but also for its own internal Jaguar Land Rover's electrification plan. Uh, they've announced that they'll invest 15 billion pounds or 19 billion dollars over the next five years to reposition itself as electric first and a modern car maker. This new plant in Sanand will have an initial manufacturing capacity of 20 gigawatt hours, which could be doubled in the second phase of expansion. So we're seeing that India is not only building capacity to service domestic markets, but I think with this move, is also positioning itself as an exporter. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, and it's fantastic that a company like Tata is investing so heavily in uh, EV, right? I mean, this will make the others also want to take this uh, seriously. And I think, indeed, uh, a lot of these folks are doing that, right? I mean, Tata has, of course, the best-selling EV car in the market right now, Nexon. This is fantastic. You know, I think last roundup or the roundup before we spoke about Tesla coming to India and then Tata investing in EVs. So, yeah, fabulous stuff. I mean, this should build up the ecosystem, I would say. Yes, you're right. But again, this does not come without its challenges, right? Because the government is cracking down hard on companies who are violating the subsidy norms that, that the government has put in place. And last week, I think government has issued notice to four more companies. And the case against them is that they are not adhering to the whole localization criteria, which is like the whole making it, like manufacture in India, assemble in India. The, they have also questioned these companies regarding the potential deregistration from the FAME scheme. Mm -hmm. Right? So the government is not shying away from taking any sort of action. But don't you think like end of the day, it will again be the consumers who will have to pay the price somehow? You're right, but then, I mean, it is, I mean, it's it's something that the government has to do, right? I mean, if someone is taking advantage of a particular, when I say take advantage, I mean, take unfair advantage of a particular rule uh, or a subsidy or something of that sort. I mean, they do have to audit that and, you know, give more power to the good guys, basically, right? Uh, these fame subsidies, obviously, you know, they cause the electric vehicle to be 20-30% cheaper, especially these two-wheelers and so on, right? I mean, uh, and this money is like sort of, trickle down, I mean, down to the distributor and whatnot, right? So there is plenty of scope for misuse. And indeed, there has been some of these cases as well. But I hope they do take uh, strict action, right? I mean, uh, because I mean, these subsidies are, I mean, they're meant to sort of improve the whole ecosystem as such, right? Which means that develop indigen indigenously, and so on. I mean, it is what it is. And if uh, someone tries to break the rule, they're gonna screw them anyway, right? So yeah. All right. So uh, looks like we have Baijus in the news again. BlackRock, which is, um, you know, perhaps the world's largest asset manager, uh, they've written down shares of Baiju's in his book. And since October last year, they have reduced the EdTech's valuation by over 62% per from a peak value of $22 billion. And 
it's not only this valuation cuts but i think byju's has found itself in a soup in the us amidst a lot of uh, lawsuits for defaulting on repayments for term loans um, for the amount of 1.2 billion then there's a case accusing them of hiding 500 million dollars from the loan amount so a lot's happening but at the same time the company is in the market trying to raise 700 million dollars in equity and uh, in in the same round some existing investors also saying that they are willing to sell their shares at a discount to its 22 billion dollar valuation yeah i mean i don't know again how many people really thought that byju's was worth 22 billion dollars you know i mean uh, the funniest comment i saw was on twitter someone said byju's is becoming a unicorn in reverse <laughs> <laughs> i mean um you're going to see these markdowns obviously you know i don't know what people were smoking in 2021 some quality shit man i mean like seriously 22 billion dollars you know we covered byju's almost every, every other roundup in uh, yeah so 12 uh, acquisitions and so on right and i you know i mean i i, I kept looking at this and wondering see edtech is one place where you cannot corner the entire supply or the demand right I mean all it takes is for one teacher to say you know what all right I'm going to do my own thing right and gather a bunch of 50 100000 students right and technology has made that uh, just easier and you know we were all told that you know they're co- they're consolidating the supply consolidating the demand but it doesn't work like that you know and uh, 2022 23 i mean hard realities have come to bear and obviously the investors have taken a good hard look and uh, are doing what is necessary i suppose right and it's unfortunate because see edtech is again such a unit profitable business you know i mean literally you have crazy margins and everything all of that was driven down by some mindless spending on advertising and customer acquisition and and sponsoring you know fifa and what not right but i hope that they're able to recover from all of this stuff and uh, find the money to operate a, a good sustainable business i think Yeah but times can turn because few days back i remember reading an article of you know the proposed reforms in the education system for for board exams right i think they are coming they restructuring the entire program and restructuring like how the exams will be conducted and all who knows i mean they might just like manage a way to pivot successfully or like adopt a new model yeah maybe that but i mean it for sure it won't be that tech company which started in 2019 2020 Yeah, maybe they'll buy UGC. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, okay. Less is said about Bajus, the better, I suppose. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about some of the fundraisers from last week. Um, Consumer Appliances brand Atomberg Technologies has raised eighty-six million dollars from Temasek, uh, Steadview, Trifecta, and others. A couple of weeks back, we even had the chief business officer of Atomberg in the podcast. Space startup Pixel has raised 36 million dollars in funding and even found a new investor in Google. Then Capillary Technologies which is an Indian SaaS startup offering solutions for loyalty management and customer engagement has raised 45 million dollars in a funding round. Now if you notice Roshan like over the past 2 weeks we have been discussing these large check sizes. So it feels like the tides are slowly changing. Yeah, I think so and uh, these three companies are amazing, right? I mean, let's start with Capillary, you know, they've been in the market since 15 years, 15 16 years I think, right? 2007, 2008. I remember hiring the first few engineers for Capillary way back in 20 2008 or 2009, right? Um You hired Capillary engineers. Yeah, I mean, when I was in the recruitment space at that time. 
so we coordinated a few recruitment drives and whatnot right and uh, capillary is uh, is is an old hand at this you know and uh, they've had really rough times 2020 hit them very hard because most of their business uh, was retail focused and since retail came to a grinding halt you know they had a terrible time they had to lay off uh, you know plenty of people around that time and kudos to them that they've tried to bounce back you know i think one of the founders or um, one or more of the founders have quit anish who is the founder and was a ceo earlier has taken a like a md role right now and there's another professional ceo at the helm so it takes a lot of faith and toil to build a successful business and capillary is kind of uh, demonstrating that i'm really really happy that uh, they've kind of bounced back from uh, a couple of years ago you know when uh, those things happened so yeah uh, let's uh, hope that you know i mean they go on further and uh, perhaps you know i mean we'll see another saas ipo at some point of time right pixel is a fantastic uh, space tech uh, startup you know we've spoken plenty about them earlier in fact i'm trying to get the founder aves on the podcast sometime aves if you're listening <laughs> we'd love to host you uh, there's really a ton of questions that i'd love to ask him but yeah again uh, fantastic team they've been doing some interesting work and uh, Arindam well Arindam is my favorite marketer man uh, Arindam of Attenberg Arindam is the chief business officer and we hosted uh, him perhaps 4 weeks or 5 weeks back on the podcast and uh, um, he's just a fantastic fantastic guy you know talks pure than the right strips away all of the vanity and all of the buzzwords and what not right and in fact i mean we'll talk more about him during the uh, talk of the town segment but yeah i mean uh, atemberg has been doing fantastically well the clocking about 100 crores a month and they've pioneered these whole bldc fans which are now the uh, standard right and think about who they compete with right they compete with the uh, crompton and havels and all of these folks who do thousands of crores of revenue anyway right so so yeah fantastic uh, fantastic uh, set of companies uh, to have raised funds this week yeah, yeah. talking about arindam right uh, for talk of the town section he has put out this tweet on um, top of the funnel ads he writes top of funnel ads awareness campaigns should be more brand led or emotional and not talk much about the product or product usp he says that this is one of the most common bullshit that you will hear and many founders fall for it and here is a thread on why it's wrong yeah it's a interesting thread uh, i highly recommend that you follow arindam and also go through the thread uh, he makes an interesting point right because i mean a lot of this brand advertising gyan that you know you have to connect viscerally and all of that is, well some of it is true he makes a very compelling point which is that whether it is you know the dag acche hai campaigns or you know fog chal raha hai and what not right i mean these are these are brands that had stayed in the market for a while had built a category for themselves and then could afford to you know say that because they already had recall to an extent right so yeah i mean you shouldn't shy away from saying cheaper faster better or some version of that in your uh, top of the funnel ads as well right so yeah i mean for all the marketers or growth nerds out there i mean definitely follow arindam a lot of very practical advice from him yeah we'll perhaps uh, have him on the podcast again and do another master class i suppose yeah. yeah i mean we can definitely make that happen but last week we put up the conversation with sairam right and personally i really enjoyed you know uh, hearing from him because his gyan was so practical right so i think yeah. a lot of people reached out to me actually after that episode with uh, similar feelings right that uh, all of the gyan was very practical and uh, they really enjoyed you know uh, sai speak yeah and uh, this week i think we're putting out the episode with uh, gd prasad of vs yes money yeah. uh, can you tell us a bit about that conversation 
So VS Money for folks who come to our studio, you know, they know that we serve the VS Money coffee and the snacks. Uh, they're fabulous. We're big fans of the the brand, and uh, I happen to invite the person. I mean, I happen to invite uh, GD Prasad on Twitter, and uh, we had an hour and half conversation ab- about everything. Right? I mean, how did he start? What are the one on one of uh, building and scaling a D two C brand? Plenty of these things. Right? Uh, I think it's a great primer on how to get started. you know and what are the what are the 10 things you will perhaps deal with as you take a product to market right yeah really nice conversation all of these in person conversations right i mean they seem to have a very different flavor to them uh, i'm really liking them you know so i can't wait for you guys to listen in and uh, let us know who we should host uh, we'll definitely try to get them on the podcast that's right um so keep, folks keep sending us your uh, feedback and your love to the comment section or reach out to us directly via twitter or linkedin along with that if you want this updates to be delivered straight into your whatsapp inbox you'll find a whatsapp link on the description below if you're listening to this on spotify you can send us a voice note as well if you're still listening to this episode thank you so much for staying with us right till the end and yes we'll be back again with more interesting headlines next week so take care and have a great week guys see you guys